Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It's the Horns Up Talking Texas podcast. Josh Fisher, Alex Asopoulos, Nikki Snacks Kreider. We'll start with the good before the bad. Bijan wins Doak Walker Award. Fourth running back to do it in Texas history. Five, Five times. times. Yeah. Ricky Williams. So nice. He won it twice. So nice. He did it twice. Said B, RIP. And then in probably the most forgotten season of at least our tenure as Texas Longhorns, Deonta Foreman was completely unbelievable when, yeah. um, when he wanted that year. He was overshadowed by how bad the team struggled that season. The team was terrible. And yep. he, he probably would have broken Ricky's record, but for some reason they pulled him out of the game and brought in the 18-wheeler package. Yep. That was, uh, I believe, Chuck Strong's last season as the Horns head coach. Yeah. I mean, it was it was horrible what happened there. Um, anyway, though, great for Bijan. Ah. <sighs> You know what? It's a shame that he he wouldn't have won in New York. It clearly was always going to be Caleb Williams at yeah. least for the last four weeks. I think what was he was he ninth ninth in yeah. voting eighth or ninth? So he was close to getting there. The fifth guy was Hendon Hooker, right? Who right. many people felt should have was it all quarterbacks before him? Yeah, was yes. he the first like non quarterback player? I'll to... pull up the final results, but okay. I mean Hendon Hooker we know <laughs> was the fifth guy, and many people felt a lot a lot of recency bias since yeah. he got hurt in the South Carolina game and, and couldn't attend. It's kind of hard to play. these days, I guess, to give it to a non-quarterback. And I, I'm not necessarily in agreement with that, but that just, if you're a running back, getting Heisman consideration, meaning actually going to New York, being a finalist, you got to be putting up like ridiculous numbers like i don't need 2000 yards he was the like second 20 touchdowns quorum finished oh, adam quorum yeah so how does See, that work I, I actually think it has less to do with this the straight raw statistics and more so to do the with winning. the winning because look at that that's you've got, how it works you've got quorum. mission in right. michigan in the cfp we talk about when devonta smith a non-quarterback won the award for alabama right. they were the best team in the country i believe mac was also in new york with him yeah so it was at that point, okay, this quarterback had a tremendous season, but who's the best player on this team? And mm-hmm. it's Devonta. Yeah, and he was I mean, he was out of this world. So I think it would have taken at least the Horns getting to the Big 12 championship for, for Bijan to get invited. It's the TCU game. I mean, you get, I, you get, I think the Tech game as well. The Tech game with the fumble short in overtime. You get points. That's not, that. that's not a Heisman moment. No, not. A, it's in fact the opposite. I really think, though, to me, the way Bijan could have gotten there outside of us winning games from a statistical standpoint, or maybe finished higher than Quorum in that Hooker Bryce Young range in the air. Yep. 
Like, what did he, I, I have our stats up right now. I'll play a little guessing game for you guys. This our, is fun. Yeah. Our leading receiver had how many yards this year? Um, Who was it and how many yards? Our leading receiver was, it was Xavier Worthy. Yeah. Correct. He had, I think, seven or 600? 676. Okay. Leading receiver. Whittington had 608. Sanders, 577. He was first team, all Big 12, along with B. John Robinson. He had the most receptions? He had second most receptions. Worthy had the most. Got it. B. John had 19 catches for 314. So wow. he averaged 16.5 yards per catch. But that's also averaging less than two catches a game. Why wasn't that doubled? Why did he not have 40 receptions? Right? Should have been peppering him out of the backfield. He ran for the ball two, as much as possible. Yeah, he had 250 rushing, 58 rushing attempts for, for 1580. Like the so he, so he, touched, he touched the ball less than 300 times this season. Problem. Big problem. And we lost games. Like, he caught, I, mean, I don't know how many targets he has up, but he was our fifth. He, had, he was fourth in receptions on the team. But you look at the other, you look at five and six, it was Keelan and it was Roshan tied at 14. And you can make the argument for those guys, 14 they receptions. They the ball as well. It's not enough. Especially yeah. a guy like Keelan Robinson, who every time he touched, how many touchdowns he have in the air? I kind of look at three. this season as well, and I felt like a lot of our drives were very brief. Like our time of possession in most games was usually pretty low mm-hmm. like you would get a lot of three and outs you get a lot of just like you know maybe f- five play drives like sure really short drives yeah or you get short drives because you bust in one. the good way because you bust yeah. one right you get the big play yeah you know you get the deep ball to worthy or you get the big run from Bijan, stuff like that but there wasn't a ton of like clock eating drives where you're running like 12, 15 plays. Okay. You know, and, and I think that also limits when guys touch the ball a little bit. I think that's an, un, I think it's a very fair assessment. And let me ask you this. And this is my gut check, just looking at the stats of our individual players. What stat would be most glaring as to why that was the case? Um, like, why would the drive short? Why was TOP felt, why did TOP felt feel short? Oh, our completion percentage was terrible. Yeah. yeah. There you go. That's it. Under it's the only thing that 50, stops the clock. Yeah, so. right. Fifty six point five. Yeah, I mean that drops. Drops. I felt really like a lot of thing that these games were dragging along because the, the clock Oklahoma was State so game. How long? We, it was we, like over four hours long. I mean, do we? That might be one of the only games we didn't watch together. We didn't watch together. I was I was at home and I texted you guys. I was like, oh my gosh, this game is taking forever. And it was the first quarter, and we were only an hour and a half in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I didn't, was he nineteen? Was that like nineteen? Was that the nineteen forty nine game? Yeah, it must, must have been. been. Yeah, you know, it's. Uh, again, we talked about it in like our gut check season recap, but seeing like all Big 12, Overshawn, Jalen Ford, Overshawn obviously going to the draft. He'll probably be a second or third round pick. Bijan's probably going to be a top 20 pick in, in, in another show. First running back taken. Yeah. And in, I mean, again, like, yeah, the first running back that should be taken. Like, I mean, you never know with these teams. You could Somebody could fall in love with Gibbs from a receiving standpoint, because he he was properly utilized right, in right. that capacity. Like, I don't think it Bama happen. does that. They know what they're doing. Yeah, I, yeah, just I don't think, think... I don't think... I liked him coming out of college a lot, but I don't think Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was the best through-and-through, do-it-all running back. It just, but he was the first taken off the board. Yeah, it just really depends on what team's drafting, right? right. And, like, that you assess your needs and you assess your scheme as well. But Bijan fits anyone's scheme. He really well, does. It's... It was the most... 
it was probably the biggest takeaway this year because if you get the ball to Bijan, you get the ball to Keelan, you get the ball to Roshan, and let's say those guys are in your flats. And good things happen. Good, yeah, good things happen. But if you're getting the ball in those easy checkdowns, you're getting yards and easy completions. Yards, easy completions, and you're killing clock. Exactly. You're moving the ball. You're it's just. It's also. It's, it's, it's another like a, another arm basically of the run game. Yeah. Yeah. An extended version. Incompletion is the equivalent to a strikeout in baseball. Nothing good happens. Right Not now. to mention. Bijan had not only that game against TCU, mm-hmm. he was not great against Alabama either. No. I think he ran for less than 55 yards in that Nobody game. Nobody was really great against sure, the but team. The defense they, was. They absolutely <laughs> loaded the box, both those games, on Bijan. And that that means you have to make probably three defenders miss before you can bust out a, a, a quote-unquote big run, which I'm talking about like five-plus at that point, yeah. right, when the box is loaded. Absolutely. If you throw it out in the flat, like you get a, you, you, get you put in a position, yards, yeah. you get four yards, and he can make one guy miss. If a receiver holds a block, yep. then there's a lot more room to for him to maneuver, and there's less guys to beat. Well, then you're also spreading the field out horizontally, and then once you're spreading the field out horizontally, then you can't stack the box, mm-hmm. right? Has he's not declared for the draft yet? However, we're probably assuming that he's gone. Has he said whether or not he's going to play the bowl game? I don't. And if, if you were him, draft, would you? Would you? Would I play the bowl game in this day and age? I mean, look. Remember a couple of years ago when I was like, if you don't play the bowl game, you're a bum. I obviously like with the way money is, injuries. You know, Jake Butt is like the guy that we always can like point to. Like he, you know, the tight end. He, you know, he ruined his knee. Yeah. Like, if you're B. John Robinson, do I want to? Do I want to beat a good Washington team? Yeah. Like I'm sick and tired of being in in the Valero Alamo Bowl for sure. But like I. I think this is like as far as draws of like, hey, teams we could have played. This is a really strong Washington team who had some good wins this year. And if we beat them, and they're like Penix is coming back, he's playing. Like they're they're running a lot of their guys. So like, yeah, yeah it's this is a legit game. It's not like we see Alabama again where Bryce Young may or may not play. You know what I'm saying? Like, That's, seeing- it'd be a meaningful victory for the Texas Longhorns for Sark. And I think Bijan certainly cares about this university a lot. I'd. I'd bet he'd play. I think I have a feeling that he's going to play. I have a I, now it doesn't like. Hopefully, he gets 15 carries and we go up 20 points on this team and we yeah. do what we weren't able to do in the regular season. We play and we execute at a, an incredibly high level. Yeah. Well, one of the things about this Washington team, and we'll definitely do more coverage on them, is they're very pass happy, right? And we have Overshawn, we have Ford, we have Coburn, who was second team All Big 12, and Nick, your first guess for a defensive player for All Big 12 was. Jalen Ford. Yeah, and then second Baron Sorrell. Right. And he wasn't even mentioned. On the, well, he yeah. was not on either the first or second team. So now we're in a position like we have a really – and then Ojomo, we have a really strong defensive core, right? And hopefully you're right. We put, we, you know, we get really stymie them on offense and really have Bijan get 15 touches. And then I'm down to see Brooks. I'm down to see him. Like I want to see more of him. Like heading yeah. into next there, year. there was a report – from inside Texas three days ago that had mentioned that Bijan Roshan and Damar Overshan are not expected to play the bowl game. Okay. Mm. That's fine. Like, Overshan, Roshan, understandable. Like, Oshan, like Roshan and Oshan and, and <laughs> Roshan and Overshan. Roshan, like, Overshan, Bijan. Yeah, the Shans. The, uh, well, Roshan really can't get hurt. No, he can't. Because get, it's going to be he's such playing a, the senior bowl, though. But that's a dip. That's like a, that's like a 
scout heavy like game. Like he should be playing in the Senior Bowl, right? And that's not going to be as like hardcore, intense. yeah, and yep. intense as like and like the the whole week of the Senior Bowl. There's like a lot of other things that go on during that okay. week. It makes more it's sense. like more focused on like the actual drafts for the draft. Right, 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 right. Like so, like Roshan as well is a guy that like the big can, Brooks game. Yeah, I mean that's what we've been, but like, but like a big. Who did, the, who did the fake transfer post where he was? Oh, that was a big, big, long post, was, and it was just yeah. like, and I'm staying it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I love that. If you're running back at Texas, like, why would you leave? Baxter. He's getting the keys to the kingdom here. Yeah, Baxter might be getting the keys to the kingdom here. Freshman. Yeah, yeah they'll, they'll, like, they'll use him into it. Well, because yeah. look at Bijan freshman year. He didn't. He wasn't the guy right away. I know, but he got some touches, and I'm down for like I'm down for them to do like a mix of both. Quite honestly, what I'm looking for, in, and we definitely touched on it before we get into the disaster that's going on in the past 24 hours. Quinn being healthy, like getting some time to like more time to heal and rest. Yeah, like, can these maybe three, even maybe even get like a second look and see if you need to get surgery? Can these th- but can these three weeks in, beti- in between the last game they played against Baylor up until now, Washington? That you know, extra rest time. Oh, you're talking help. about the, I, yeah. yeah. I'm talking about just in terms of the off season, like when yeah. it's all said and done, like getting really healthy, evaluating to see like if there's any like structural repairs that you may need to make, like in terms of getting surgery done. Because sure. nowadays, like modern surgery, guys can recover really fast, and it can be proved to be more helpful for them. Yeah, um, longevity yeah. wise. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. I think getting Quinn some time to really recover to kind of decompress a little bit look for him to have a big game i believe because there is a there is a but there's potential like if our defense doesn't stop them that we're gonna have to go tit for tat with the right, offense right, right. listen it's exciting that we're playing against washington but this is the last alamo bowl that i want to see i'm done with the, I'm yeah, done. Done with the alamo so bowl. done with it like we've put, we've been in this game way too many Whack times and that bowl. just means that texas underachieves yeah 100 percent. okay that, that is what it is also progressive growth from year one to year two though yeah, Which I want to give a shout-out to Auburn. I thought he kicked a good season. He did. Yeah. I liked him, except that early miss in Alabama. The Alabama miss yeah, outside that was of tough. On a, on a, a short a field shot. goal. Yeah. Yeah. Outside of that, he was pretty, you know, pretty good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Stepped into a big role. And shout-out to Cameron Dicker, who is flourishing right now in Crushing the NFL, him. our yeah. former guest. If you haven't I listened like, to that show yet, take a listen to it. I feel like Bert Auburn will be a – he'll get a shot. Yeah. I yeah. Look, he's at 80% in his first go as our, as our kicker this year. Yeah. Now – we move into last week spoke. We had not played Illinois in basketball, and that's what I was kind of coming and ready to do. That game plus the game we played over the weekend, and obviously now we're in a position where our head coach has been arrested and booked. I want to quickly just talk about that game for like two seconds. The Illinois game, yeah, yeah. Real quickly, it's it's a a really good test for the team to to see that because they they had more size than us. That's just the nature of what it was. So did Creighton. But yeah. Right. But in the last five minutes of regular time and then in overtime, it looked like every single possession it was panic mode. It was the Marcus Carr show. Like, let's see what I can do. And if I can't make a play, then I just I kick it to someone else. And like there needs to be more of a game plan. Now, we lost that game unfortunately, but it's not gonna hurt us. One loss is fine, especially to an out of conference team. It, on the road. On the road. Well, yeah. In in Neutral play neutral side. Yeah, it's like, um, but that's on like we like to us. It's like, oh, I, I look. Not at Moody is the point. Not at Moody. Right. I'm from New York. We should have won that game. Yeah, I'm from New York. I talk about the Garden all the time. We have friends that went. My dad, like, we know people that went to the game. Right. So for us, it feels a little more homey. But it wasn't. It's like there's just as many Illinois people there as there are Texas. People right, there. right, right, right. Maybe then, even more. Maybe even more. Plus Iowa and Duke played right after. Like it's a double. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. And the thing is, I felt that 
I but that's going to be every game for you in the tournament, like the trial. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I felt Shulman and Bills who called the game, like I enjoy, I enjoy them as commentators. I felt that they set based off like conversations that we were having and other people were having on text message threads, which is they just, love Illinois. They they like they just set us up to believe that that we had that game in the bag because we were up ten with like a, like around eleven to go. Right. And in college basketball, two quick buckets, six points in eight minutes is like nothing. Yeah. It's a, it's two possession game. So I felt that they had kind of set the people at home that are listening to the commentary in a frenzy. When realistically, like that Illinois team, and there's a lot of teams like that. And if we Obviously, beard situation aside, and you're right with the Marcus Carr thing. There should have been a timeout called at the end of regulation when he didn't have anything. Tyrese Hunter should probably be the, be the guy with the ball towards the end of yeah, the game. Yeah, well, he also needs to make his free throws because they're free. Yeah, he, that, he does. 90% he does. free throw shooter. That's going to happen, though. Yeah. Like, no, yeah, that, yeah. It's a singular exactly. event versus, like like you're saying, mm-hmm. Marcus Carr show, which can kind of go off the rails at, right, at, right, at right, a moment's right. notice. Illinois has Taron Shannon Jr. as a pro. Mayor, who was... A top player at Baylor, a team that won, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's come over and he could shoot the they three. They got solid players. They have pros. They like they have like professional college players and professional like NBA players. They have legit guys. And there's a lot of teams in college basketball this year that are like that. Whether yeah. like Gonzaga's off to a slow start, you know they're going to be competitive. Ditto with UNC. Like Duke's going to get their sea legs. But like we're definitely in the mix. Right, we are. But major step back. Some issues had has arose in the last uh, 24 hours. If you haven't heard already. Head coach Chris Beard got arrested for allegedly choking his fiance, um, domestic violence, and he's been, I guess, arrested. Or yeah, third degree domestic yeah, in domestic for the assault last hours. from strangulation, and it's a it's a felony. Yeah, um, third degree felony. Yeah. Um, there's obviously bad. We, it's bad. Obviously, we can't make any assessments till we get all the facts. You right. know, like we don't know the whole story. Um, but it's a bad look in general, and I just really hope that our team isn't affected negatively by it because someone's going to step in, and they're still going to play fine. But I don't want this to to like crumble the, you know, what the roster is doing. Well, yeah, per, per per the contract, yeah, item twelve, I think dictates that even even just the fact that he was detained and is being charged he can be- is grounds for termination and or suspension. Right. Uh, so I think. You proceed accordingly as if he's suspended right now. Oh, and we have a game tonight. We have a game tonight. You, the guys have to go out there and play, and which I don't know which coach is going to act as the the interim. Yeah, um, yeah Nick. Yep. And you go out there and you do the best that you can to compete, but it's obviously asking a lot from these guys who are between eighteen and twenty two. I mean, it's yeah. The, the associate head coach, who I'm, I'm guessing steps in, is Rodney Terry. Okay. Yeah. Look, so, these guys have a game plan in place, and we know in college sports more than anything, while the head coach matters, the head coach kind of may, maybe does matter a little more in college sports, but a lot of the times, like, they definitely surround themselves with guys who are like-minded of course. in the same game plan. This guy also has head coaching experience as well. He was a head coach at UTEP and Fresno State for 10 seasons, so he, he brings 27 years of collegiate coaching to the table. So this guy ain't no slouch. Like, he knows what he's doing. He's there's, a lot of, there's a lot of it. veterans in the locker room, obviously. We have a team that's transfer heavy right that were guys that transferred from other places that have played at other places um and are now upperclassmen so i expect them to to take on some of that leadership that they were already doing when beard was coaching in the past seven games for the kids sakes i'm talking about the guys on the team yeah 
There's no, the, let's just say the, for the, this should never happen, period. For sure. It's a tough 100%. We don't know the facts, but we're airing on the side that stuff like this is, is absolutely, you know, zero tolerance. Game against Rice, at least, you know, it's an easier game for these guys to get, you know, acclimated with their new head coach. It's not like we're going into Big 12 play tomorrow. So at least for the kids' sakes, like, at least, hey, like, you're not getting abandoned by their coach or their coach isn't being stripped right. from them. Right, right. From a, you know, a, a poor situation, a poor decision making. Like, there's, to me, again, we do not know all the facts, so I'm not going to condemn Chris Beard or, you know, for, you know, try to force a firing. But it's a situation that you're already sitting there and you're looking on Twitter and people are praying that it's a, he, he hit a dude. Like, that's, you're like, we're already, because we already, we know what this means. And, you know, Toss, you had seen something where it was like the attorney was like, my client's innocent, which, duh. They say Obviously, the, the defense attorney is always going to say that. Yeah. But then there was another report that came out where the defendant or the complainant was saying that, you know, they wanted charges dropped immediately. But that, you know, that's coming from his defense attorney. So you, we really just we have no idea at yep. this point. Yeah, it's just we need the smoke to settle uh, a little bit with the dust. To e- settle. Either way, I want to say that one, whatever the result is, mm-hmm. that I hope that the university acts accordingly and and communicates accordingly and openly to the student body and the athletics department makes some sort of statement in regards to this um, because d- domestic violence, it should be something that has a zero tolerance policy, um, in my opinion. And as a coach, you also, you set an example for your players, right? The, again, these guys are not pros. They're collegiate athletes and i know now with nil money like they can get paid um but part of the the job of a coach in my mind is molding young young men young men into men yep and yeah young men and women into um into adults and so i think i think whatever the case like it it seems to be kind of it's a step back in in that in regards to that yep the hundred there could be let's say you know again we don't know what happened but worst case scenario like something you know which is seeming likely like he shouldn't have done happened you're Del Conte you have to act swiftly oh for sure and accordingly there, 100%. Has, is, there is like a, there is a less than zero tolerance policy for stuff like this you know and again you're like you're saying doesn't matter who you are doesn't matter how good of a coach you are doesn't matter how good of a player you are if you do something like that it's bigger than basketball yeah like you're again setting the example for these young guys and that's like a big pitch a lot of the time that we hear like when parents send their kids to Texas, right? When they send their kids to be coached, and you, we see the relationships with a lot of the college athletes. Like I watched the Joe Burrow speech, you know, from the highs with Coach O, and I watched the Caleb Williams speech with Lincoln Riley, and you see the relationship that Caleb Williams has with Lincoln Riley. Yep. So the co- the relationship that a lot of these you know coaches have at the big universities, where they're very prevalent in these young men's lives, like there can be zero tolerance because that's a piss poor example. Yeah. And you're kind of betraying what these parents have trusted you to do. Yeah. I mean, they, their kid just got out of high school, right? First time that they're, that they're away from home and they're basically saying, look after my son, you know, right. make sure that he makes the right decisions, make sure that, you know, you, you, um, you know, make him a better man, you know, give him the, the proper tools to be a successful, um, player on the next level, you know, right. and it's not just that one guy either, right? Exactly. They have, they have a staff of coaches that are instrumental exactly. in that process. Exactly. So you've let that parent down if that's the case, but yeah, you know, we'll, we'll see I, what else happens. You know, I don't, I don't really want to talk about this too much. Yeah, I just the one last thing I'll say about the guys on the out, on yeah. the team. 
Um, teams are they are dealt hands of adversity all the time. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's a player going down. Sometimes it's a a coach going down. And a player, I mean, like an injury, a massive injury to your right. star player, right. and that in some ways can provide the adversity, can provide challenges, of course, but also opportunities for guys to step up. Guys to step up, but also kind of a bonding experience as well. For getting, the players. Get, getting your team together yeah. and, and you know just focusing on the task at hand and kind of looking to the guy next to you and saying, look, I got your back if you got mine. You know, like kind of the similar situation when, when Andrew Jones got sick, you know, like the team really kind of banded together. Mm. Um, very different scenario, but like, you know, just a challenge that was was in the road that they tried to overcome. Um, I mean, Mike Leach, we see it now at Mississippi State. Yeah, I was about to just say that right now. Just like, horrible. Yeah, really sad. Um, you know, a guy that has coached in the Big 12 against Texas, a guy that is just really prominent in college football, whether you it's like funny. him or not. Funny guy. You know, just sad to see. I mean, that's just the nature of life. And it's bigger than football, but, um, you know, we th- we're thinking about his family, of course, and yeah. the, the whole program of Mississippi State. But... You know, just a really unfortunate situation. Yeah. yeah. And last thing on Beard, you know, many family violence arrests are misdemeanor. This is a felony. Yep. He's alleged to have strangled a witness, which is always like something that's deeply concerned for advocates. I'm just reading a tweet um, from Ryan Otillo. And an incident alleged to have happened at Beard's house in September. House went up for sale. Yep. So, like, the, again, I think we're all in agreement that. We hope it's as least serious as possible. Mm-hmm. We love this basketball team, and we want them. We want it for our fanhood to succeed. We want it for the guys and the team to succeed. You know, guys like Cunningham that have grown and like given this program and game in and game out everything they've got. Guys that have transferred here to make Texas their home. Like we all feel so strongly about the university and about the program. All that being said, there has to be like a zero tolerance policy if this if definitely if it comes to fruition that there are the allegations are true. Hundred uh, percent. On lighter notes, like. From a standpoint of from like the the player standpoint, our team is good. Yep, we have some good guy. Like Bishop had an, a strong game. We got we've got some pros too. We have some pros, man. We have some pros yep. for this team, and so it's high hopes for the season. Yeah. I I just think that they need to you know really focus on the season and just you know continue to do what they're doing. the The good thing is that these next few games that we have are, are easier games. You know, some out of conference teams that we're supposed to beat. You know, we're favored by twenty four points against Rice. You know, we've got Stanford. Um, there's some tune up games there, and there's some kind of just like look in the mirror games there. Um, and then we'll be ready for conference play with OU, which which is the conference this year is once again a gauntlet. Kansas, Oklahoma, Baylor, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, K State, like yep. all these teams, all good, are, good teams. All these teams are going to be extremely competitive. Tech, yep, Tech, and there's also a quick rumor that we may be leaving for the SEC in 2024 instead of 2025. So, hey, love to see it. Yep, how come? Horns Hook up, yep. talking Texas. Congrats, Bijan. Yeah. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts 
so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.